Hey campers, Maddie, Resident Youth here. Just wanted to give a brief little intro to this episode before we dive into all of the exciting content that we have for you. Later in the episode, we have a hot topic that I had brought up about millennials in Congress and the exciting explosion of representation out of that group. And we brought up a couple of things and just wanted to make it clear that this podcast isn't part of the 24-hour news cycle. Although it is a current events podcast and we are giving opinions and hot takes on things that are in the news, we're oftentimes commenting on things that are happening real time. And we find value in presenting the episodes as is and then continuing the conversation in future episodes versus re-recording or editing episodes when new information comes to light. So there's talk about the Capitol riots. Obviously, Shay and I find what happened with those terrorist events abhorrent, and we do not support anyone or anything having to do with those horrific events. So just want to make that really clear. Um, One of the people that we talk about in that segment, Madison Cawthorn, has a sexual assault allegation out against him. We also, of course, do not support people that are sexual abusers, and we want to be a safe space for um, victims of that, so just wanted to throw that out there. And we've actually already recorded an episode that's going to be released after this, where Shay and I kind of dive more into our individual thoughts. Um, Shay and I really obviously enjoy working on this together, and there's so much that we connect over, and that's really what this podcast is about, is conversation and connection. Um, but we're obviously two individuals that, you know, have more knowledge about some topics than others and differences between us. And that's what makes this podcast really exciting. So we found value, even though some of the information is stale and some of the things that we said off the cuff, maybe we would want to clarify and things. So we um, will be doing a follow-up on that and just want to give, you know, maybe for some of our new listeners, we do record these a bit in advance and there's always new information. Shay and I are always wanting to learn about things and be better. So we invite you um, for any of our episodes to DM us or contact us at camp underscore adulthood on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us hello at campadulthood.com if you ever have a question, a comment, a concern. Um, or something that you want to let us know that maybe we have a blind spot on. Definitely open to all of that. So without further ado, um, here's the episode. C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide one conversation at a time Interviewing guests, strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats, and it's 2021 And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. We made it by the skin of our teeth Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it's so funny because when we hopped on Skype today, it was like, last time you were on was November 3rd. And I was like, wow, it's been a long time since we hopped on the old mics and recorded an episode for our faithful listeners. I know. Well, especially given I feel like we would be remiss to not acknowledge where we are in the place and time Mm. of the last time we recorded was on Election Day when everything was very uncertain Mm -hmm. and 
now it's more certain, but people are <laughs> losing their minds. So, you know, that's that's been fun. Today, for just to place us, is January 11th. So we are, you know, five days out of the attempted coup uh, by terrorists on the Capitol building. So that was fun. Um, and... We are about a week out from the inauguration of our president-elect, Joe Biden, and the amazing vice president-elect Kamala Harris. So exciting times, uh, scary times, and just a lot going on. Yeah. But we're here. So I think we're here. We're ready. We're ready. Um, Before we dive into our topics today, I think a little housekeeping just so our listeners – know what to expect here in 2021. But first important question, what are you drinking, Maddie? Oh. I know you can't see listeners, but it looks like a very interesting cocktail. It is. Or tea? I don't know. No, it it is a whiskey. It's basically a old-fashioned, but just with stuff that I had What's in my in here? Why does it look like it has a piece of American cheese in it? <laughs> it's an orange. <laughs> it's an orange peel. Thank you very so- much. Let me just elaborate for our listeners as they're <laughs> as they're like, what the F is going on? So Maddie is drinking what I think is maybe a saying, like before I asked her what it was, I was like, is that a sangria? But then the more she drank out of it, it looked like a whiskey stone with like a piece of American cheese on top. And I could not figure it out. But I'm sure an old fashioned is very delicious. Yes. I'm drinking water. It is. Yes. It's also earlier in the day for you. So you get a pass. Um I have to pregame because The Bachelor's on Mondays now. So, um, yeah, it's a Maker's with some ginger ale, and it's actually a blood orange. Oh, I love me a blood orange. Delightful. Yeah, it's it's just a delight. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Back to what I was saying. So a little housekeeping so our listeners know what to expect from us uh, in the new year. We are going to continue to be releasing an episode every other week. So that gives you time to catch up on past episodes or, um, you know, just stay, stay on top of the content. Um, that being said, we also realize that, uh, pandemic times, it is much more difficult to, uh, find the time to listen to podcasts and other kinds of auditory, um, shows, content, books, et cetera. So we're going to keep our episodes to about 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, if we are really, you know, vibing on, on a topic, we might split it into two episodes. So, uh, the reason I'm inarticulately sharing this with all of you guys is just that we really want you to continue to come here and come to this space that we've created and, you know, not feel overwhelmed, um, with everything else that's going on in the world. So again, you can expect to hear from us every other week, usually Saturday or Sunday, and our episodes will be about 30 minutes in length uh, until at least the end of the pandemic. Yes. And Shay will help me not go on tangents slash talk forever. This is also an exercise for Maddie and myself. Yes. Keeping keeping it snappy. Keeping it snappy. Excellent. Well, without further ado, Shay, what is your millennial moment? Okay, my millennial moment is that I I realizing when we first started this podcast, millennials were, I mean, this is year four of us doing this podcast. So um, like millennials were still very like firmly in our early 30s, us ancient millennials. And now, man, lots of 40, 40th birthdays coming up and 
um, I've just really, I feel like noticed how much older millennials are all of a sudden, how much older I am. Um, and yet it still blows my mind even after, you know, all the work that we've done and not that we make that big of a difference, but the work that we've done and the articles that we've reviewed and the things that we've seen, you know, we still had a conversation, you know, in a work meeting the other day where someone was like, let's find a millennial to do the computer stuff. And I was like, how, how are we still having this conversation? So that was my millennial moment, just realizing um, how truly old all of us ancient millennials are now and how it's funny that the stereotype of us still being like a 22 year old um, who doesn't know anything except computers uh, is still kind of sticking in the in the corporate uh, cultural. That's so interesting. I'm interested not to go on a tangent, but I do have one small follow up because I'm interested in this for myself because last my birthday is coming up in a couple weeks. And last year I turned 26. Now I'm turning 27. And I, I felt like very much that the shift from 25 to 26 was a big one. And then 27, I'm like, eh, whatever, just like another one on there. And I was recently listening to another podcast and one of the hosts went from 35 to 36 and she had the same, like, she felt kind of the same from like 27 to 35. And then when she turned 36, she was like, oh God, I'm old. So I'm wondering from your perspective and with your friends and stuff, like, have you had those shifts in perspective or maybe because you got married this year? Like, I don't know. I'm just interested. Well, first of all, it's so funny because I got married, but like, I still feel like if I got pregnant, I'd be like a teen pregnancy. Yes. So I'm you like, and I feel similarly about this. Clearly, clearly something is messed up in my head. But you know, what's really funny is I, when I was in my late 20s, I remember very much being like, and maybe it was because I was, you know, spending a lot of time mentoring college students and young women. You know, I was always like, oh my gosh, I'm almost 30. I am like so old. And I was like, just always had this attitude of feeling like I was more mature than I really was. And now I feel like that I'm in my late 30s. I'm very much like really leaning into the camp adulthood ethos and being like, I'm going to eat this French fry for dinner and it's going to be amazing. Or going from like feeling like I kind of knew it all to being like, I know nothing. And um, maybe some of that is just cultural. I also feel like I had this happen when I was like 12 years old. And then when I turned like 23 and I was like, you know, living in Taylor Swift song and I'm like, I know nothing again. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's just kind of a cycle of aging and growing older um, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but also I know yeah. a lot of things. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's, I think your late thirties is kind of a weird space. Yeah. It's interesting. I look forward to it for myself. Yeah. Very I mean, fun. it's, it's also great, especially if you just like keep on the path of having an amazing job like you, Maddie, and don't do what I did, which even <laughs> though I'm always trying to bring you to the dark side of entrepreneurship, um, you know, yeah, as much as I love being an entrepreneur, I'm like, it would be awesome to be 36 going on 37 and having a little more disposable <laughs> income. Yeah. I'm like, if I had high disposable income and, you know, my current life attitude, I think it would be, it'd be some fun times, but you yeah. Know. Instead, I'm like, you know, helping others through entrepreneurship. Yeah, there's pros and cons for sure. Yeah. Well, that is excellent. 
How about um, you, Maddie? Millennial moment? Yeah, I don't know. I've just like is interesting. I I have my hot topic picked out. I was thinking about that earlier, but I was like, I don't know what my millennial moment is. Like we were just discussing off mic. I'm living alone now in my apartment for the first time in three years. And I was kind of dreading it, to be honest. And then this past week, I was talking to another friend about this too. And I'm like, I don't know if it's just because it's been a busy week with work and coming off the holidays. And I've been having a lot of like virtual catch-ups with people you know I just like scheduled all my phone calls and stuff for the past week and had a lot of stuff going on after work but I'm like I really love it I've been reorganizing stuff and it's just like nice to eat whatever food I want and watch whatever I want on tv and just not have to compromise on anything for a moment I'm sure I'll get back into the space where I want to share my life with someone which comes with inherent compromise but right now I'm like it's the Maddie show around here so that's been nice I I can't I can't I mean I have to say I hear you on that and I as happy as I am to have a partner and have a very full house right now I like on Friday found myself home alone with literally nobody here no David no roommate our the lovely former guest of the pod uh Jennifer Piacineski uh no children Uh, and I was like, and then my nine o'clock meeting got canceled and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. So I like sat in my pajamas and watched Bridgerton at 9am on a Friday. And I was like, this is all of the things I was like, I'm a grown up. I'm doing what I want. I've got a job that doesn't care. Like I'm ruling the roost. Um, amazing. but yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. But then also I feel like if I were alone for multiple months, I would be sad. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's That's why I'm like keeping busy. I don't want to become one of those weird people that like just gets used to my own company and, you know. You I know think you're, you're a social butterfly. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, no, I I do. And I'm, I'm lucky I have people in New York that I can see safely enough during the pandemic and stuff. And I have a lot of people that I talk to virtually and my job is very busy. So that's been good. But I think... I was thinking about that, and then based on your topic, Shay, of just, like, aging and, like, not feeling your age and kind of this cycle of aging, I've been spending a lot of time with a certain older gentleman that Shay knows about, but our listeners don't. Shay's giving me a look. I believe we're sharing this on the internet, but continue. I mean, we're not sharing everything. I'm just saying. I have a friend who's older, and... I was talking with him last weekend, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast before of how Americans don't have intergenerational friendships. And even I think a lot of millennials, even their relationship to their own parents or their own grandparents, you know, we're not living in multi generational households as much as we used to in previous generations and stuff like that. It's like, who are the wise people that you look to in your life? And if you're someone that's not fortunate enough to have a good relationship with your family, you know, you can kind of be in this insular echo chamber of being around people who are all in your similar stage of life. But anyhow, I was having a conversation with this guy and we're like 30 years apart and we're like, yeah, I just like don't see it anymore. Like it's weird how sometimes I'm like hanging out and I've gotten a lot of that feedback like through my breakup and stuff. Like I've had a couple of friends that are older than me that are like, wow, you're so mature. You're handling this so well. You're handling it better than I would, like people who are 10 or 15 years older than me. And then sometimes you meet someone who's like 18 and you're like, 
oh my god this person's like a superstar like sometimes in media and stuff I'm like how are these young people doing what they're doing mm-hmm. so I don't know it's just a continuation I guess of what you were talking about Shay yeah no I think age is it's truly is all relative and I think the more we can practice breaking down those barriers um you know the better yeah. we all are as we all break down many barriers so yeah it's been great yeah. all right Shay hot topic Lay it on. Hot topic. Well, I guess I have, you know, a few things to address. The first thing I wanted to do was make a podcast recommendation. Uh, so I just started listening to um, this podcast called That's Messed Up, which is on the Exactly Right Network, which is the My Favorite Murder Gals. And uh, That's Messed Up, which be helpful if I could, like, remember the names of the two comedians who – do this podcast, but I cannot. Um, they, it's an SVU Law and Order uh, mm. podcast, so it's so great. So I, for listeners who don't know, I started watching Law and Order SVU back in, I mean, I guess when it first came out. So like 1998, like it was a long time ago with my grandma and it was like very special and I got to watch it with her. So I've been watching this show for literally 23 years. It is my favorite show. Um, and I, uh, you know, it's just, it's just great. My dog is named after detective Olivia Benson, Mariska Hargitay, true, true American treasure. Um, but yeah, so I started listening to this podcast and it is just really excellent. And basically they take a popular episode that was like, quote unquote, ripped from the head headlines. And they like talk about what happened in the episode. And then they talk about the actual crime. And then they interview one of the actors who was in that particular episode. So, so far they haven't got on any of like the big names, but it'd be like, you know, whoever is guest starring that day. And it's so fun. Um, so anyway, it's just interesting to like learn more about the show and also like realize how much these episodes stuck with me because every one they talk about, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that one. I remember that one. I remember that one. So, um, I also used to back before we ditched cable, I used to watch a lot of law and order marathons, although I've not done that in a while. So anyway, highly recommend that's messed up. You can find it on all the iTunes all the iPod. I, why am I cannot speak today? I feel like iTunes, I, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, wherever you find the pods. Um, and then the next thing I wanted to talk about is uh, this new app that I discovered today mm-hmm. called Clubhouse. Maddie, have you heard of this? No, I have not. So it's like a new social media platform. And it was so it's so interesting because I feel like we keep getting to this point where I'm like, what else could they possibly think of? What, right. what could they possibly And especially think? this week, because, like, all those other apps, like Parler and stuff, are getting taken off the mm-hmm. App Store. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of alternative things people are trying that are yeah, not being very successful. Yeah. So former guest of the pod, Cassie Knable, was like, you got to get on this app, Clubhouse. And I was like, I, I don't have time for this. But I was <laughs> like, I trust you, so I will look it up. So I looked it up, and it's really cool because it's – um. Basically, it's like live conversations, no video, just voice conversations uh, that different groups can put on in closed rooms. So like if you have a business about like, I don't know, eating how much you love eating spinach or something like you can have a room where people can come in and just drop in and talk about like how much they love eating spinach. So it's kind Um, of like a like a salon type thing. Kind of like a salon, exactly. Uh, But really cool. cool. And what I'm really enjoying about it is it's they're really 
serving a diverse um, customer base. Like I noticed that I actually, I think in every group that I've been in, I have been um, probably in the minority as a white lady. So I really appreciate that. And I haven't really participated much, but I've been doing a lot of listening. Um, and there's a lot of talk it, talk and groups for small businesses. And I think it really originated as an app to serve the small business space, but they are moving on to other uh, arenas. Um, and it's by invite only at this point. So it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Exclusive. I feel like I haven't been able to get on the gr- in on the ground floor of an app in a long time. So I will check it out. Maddie, if you're interested, I will send you a special invite. Just yeah. let me know. That's very cool. I also love yeah. that it's I mean, obviously, we love podcasting, so we love the audio platform, but mm-hmm. I feel like with all the Zoom fatigue and everything that's going around, it's nice to have conversations that are audio only. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's yeah. pros and cons to it. We talk a lot about this. I don't know, Shay, in your business, if you guys have debated this as much as we have, but in a in a bigger corporate setting, we're always like, what is the cost benefit of seeing people's faces? And... Mm-hmm the zoom fatigue and like my team we made a rule at the beginning of the pandemic that the benefit of seeing people's faces outweighed the zoom fatigue to a certain Mm -hmm. extent like there's certain meetings and stuff where it's like people posting it's not as much of a conversation that we've said like you know you can call in on your phone and take a walk and like do that kind of thing but um there are other teams where like they have not had their video on so some team members haven't seen each other's faces since March Mm -hmm. and so that it's kind of two extremes but I like you know compared to slack or email or something I like Mm -hmm. the all coming into a room together but sometimes it's like you know getting ready to go on a zoom or having to have your facial expressions on lock and staring at a screen can be really exhausting and it was interesting because they talk about that you know the idea is that and I think this is one of the ways it kind of um panders to small business owners is, you know, you're running around, you're doing a bunch of stuff so you can be folding laundry or checking in on the kids or doing a workout and still be participating. So um, I really liked that. But it's interesting, Maddie, that you come back to the question of Zoom fatigue, because I feel like my feelings about Zoom and when you should have your camera on or off have gotten more and more um, rigid over the months. But my what is your rigidity? Well, I just, my biggest pet peeve is I feel like people either all need to have their cameras turned on or all have their cameras turned off. I hate when I'm in a meeting and it's like half and half. Uh, My other thing is I hate when I'm going to something that's like a larger meeting or I'm hosting a learning experience and I just, like people, you do not have to have your cameras on while I am like talking, you know, or while the the host is talking. So I always encourage people to turn their cameras off because I think that really contributes to um, to the Zoom. Totally. That's what we've said in my office is like, if it's one person presenting, or it's like, Mm -hmm. maybe a few people giving an update, and then everyone else is just listening, like turn off your camera, no one needs to see Mm -hmm. your face. And it can be distracting to the person. I've, I, I too have gone I do feel like I have a lot of Zoom fatigue, but and I don't know if it's just because now I'm living alone. So I am relying on Zoom and talking on the phone a lot more for that daily kind of social interaction. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting because I'm in a couple different groups and things that I do. Like I'm still volunteering for Kappa. A lot of that's on Zoom now. And I'm also in um, one of the Brazen Breakthrough groups with Lily, former guest of the pod, which has been 
really interesting during this time, you know, being in community with other women and stuff and learning different strategies for when I do want to get back out there and date again, not right now, but in the future. And it's been interesting because I've, you know, with my work colleagues out of my little seven person team, I've only met three of them in person. And then with this group, it's all been online for the past couple months. And I was, I think, very anti-Zoom. I know we were talking about it in the episode with Nicole and stuff. And I was like, I have no interest in doing extracurricular stuff on Zoom anymore. Like, I'm just Mm -hmm. over it. And I feel like since maybe it's because I took some time off over the holidays and, you know, Mm -hmm. I was maybe feeling a little burnt out and then I fixed myself over the holidays. But I was texting with one of the women that was in this group and I was like, I feel like I know you. Like, if we had Mm -hmm. not been on Zoom and not shown each other our faces and didn't have this experience, you know, I would be in a worse spot because I really value her friendship and I do call her a friend even though we've never met in person. So I think I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic about all of it. Yeah. I know. I think that's good to hear because I know, I mean, I had kind of a jump start on all of the remote work and remote relationships because I took my job remote three years ago, but it is amazing how you can develop, particularly when you're doing something like that, that's for fun, you know, and not for work or it's something that you're doing for your own enrichment. Um, you know, I've met several friends now that have been able to go, you know, from online friends to in-person friends, and now we're back online. And it's been a really kind of great, um, you know, a great cycle. And what's really interesting is a couple of these friends are new friends I've made, you know, since moving to Portland, and they're now all considering moves away from the Portland area. And I think, why is that? Sorry to cut well, you off. I mean, I'm just so interested. It just it's for various reasons. There's no like overarching yeah. reason. Um, well, I'm in New York, but, so everyone's like New York is dead. Everyone's leaving, even though it's New not York true. It's gonna always be the best. Let's just be real. Yeah. Although I did read the New Yorker article about all of the sad closed restaurants that made me oh, very the upset. New York magazine. I know yeah. it's it's yeah. We we could talk about that. Would be an interesting hot mm-hmm. topic for a, a a different episode, just because like. I actually haven't I've had more friends that have talked about leaving that decided to stay or friends that have actually moved to New York and I know that's not everyone's experience um, but I've actually been very pleasantly surprised surprised. and I think because the pervasive narrative is New York is dead rents are going through the bottom like people are using this as an opportunity of like well the vaccine's coming so like by the time the summer comes it's going to be popping so I might as well get in on the ground floor Mm -hmm. um, which is really interesting yeah so anyway just to finish my thought I feel like if you know people now move away it's not that like I don't have that panic about it as I think I've had in the past. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like our friendship is a testament to that. Like we've been apart for a long time, pretty much since we started this podcast outside of those first few months. So sad. I know. But Um, I visit quite frequently. So, yeah. Yes. We're already planning the next couple trips. So I'm very excited. So, uh, Maddie, tell me about your hot topic, your toasty campfire log. Yes. Well, I'm so excited. This is kind of a a dovetail off of our last episode um, about the election and our passion about voting and so much has happened. And I think we're too close a little bit, at least that's how I feel about the coup attempt on Wednesday to really dissect that in any meaningful way. And there's so much stuff that's 
unknown about that and stuff that people predicted and like everyone has an opinion so you don't need us for that but I think the dovetail of us talking about you know Ruth Bader Ginsburg's legacy at the end of last year and voting and what does it mean to be an American and this really tough year I think on all of us even though I'm fortunate enough to have a job and the pandemic has not affected me in a really negative way even though I had COVID and all that kind of stuff like I think one of the positive things that has come out of the last election is the number of millennials that are breaking barriers to become elected to office. I think the the first one that comes to mind, which I posted about on our Instagram, is John Ossoff, um, mm-hmm. who will be the first millennial in the Senate. And he's a really interesting guy because he also has a journalism background, which you don't see a lot in politics. He doesn't have a mm-hmm. traditional, you know law degree or whatever. And um, I think it's I think it's really important. You know, millennials are the biggest demographic of Americans. And I have a lot of strong opinions that I was recently talking to my parents about who are boomers that, you know, I think there's a lot of people that serve a little too long in a way that is detrimental, not only maybe to their own health of, you know, going past maybe their cognitive and physical limits not to Mm -hmm. bring it into an ageist category but it is of course a concern these are very powerful people and um so especially in the senate because those people tend to serve for a lot longer and have a lot more influence having someone regardless of your politics like john ossop who can really represent what people with student debt feel like what people who are under the age of 50 like it's such a big proponent it's such a big piece of our country that I really love that. There's also Madison Cawthorn, who's in the House. He was the youngest House member um, to be seated at age 25. I think technically he's not even a millennial. I think he identifies as a millennial, but he is even younger than me, which is scary to think about that someone can be in Congress that young. He's also in a wheelchair. So that's very interesting, too, to have that perspective um, for disability rights and things like that. They're both also fine as hell. If you don't know what Madison Cawthorn and John Ossoff look like, they're both snacks. So that's my toasty Oh, Maddie's topic. on the loose now. I am. Watch out, DC. They're both, John Ossoff's married and Madison Cawthorn is engaged. So it's fine. They're off well, the market. But I can, can still look friends. at their pretty faces. Um, excellent. Yeah, no, Maddie, I, I think that is such, I'm glad you bring that up because this past week, you know, it's so funny. I love Maddie is so calm about the <laughs> coup that took place, attempted coup. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, if I think about it too long, it's like paralyzing. I don't it's know. like the serenity I, prayer. I, that's how I feel I about it. About it's it like I have no bit. control. I, true. Well, and I think that's a whole nother, um, a whole nother conversation we can can get into because there is so much pressure to be, you know, as a white person to like stop these people and I'm like I don't know these people I don't know anybody who even I'm not even six degrees of separation from these people like how do I find the person to tell them not to do this yeah, crazy that's stuff can't stop that's everyone. a whole nother conversation uh but anyway it was very terrible and I do think it's important to you know use the words that describe what it was like coup and terrorist and white supremacist. But anyway, a whole, whole nother ball game. But because that happened, right, we didn't really get to properly celebrate the wins um, in Georgia. We haven't really been able to sit 
and think about, I mean, all of these awesome strides that are being made by having younger people in politics um, and, you know, acknowledging that, yes, there will be huge shifts. And we, I think, you know, when we talked last on election day, we didn't, I didn't, I don't know if we thought that those shifts would actually come. And I think the election has shown that, you know, people are ready for those shifts and they're coming. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things. I agree. It was kind of overshadowed by all of the ridiculousness, but there's record number of women in Congress now, which has been steadily increasing, mm-hmm. um, which is great across. I think I thought it's at what, 144? That women? sounds about right. And I think almost half of them are women of color. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you have Warnock, awesome. who's um, the first black senator from Georgia. Like, there's just so many firsts that it's worth, like, there's so many listicles and stuff out there. I can link to a couple that I was reading. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's it's interesting, like, what people kind of latch on to. Like, I feel like when AOC was... Um, first elected and she's great in a lot of in a lot of ways I'm not this is not me knocking AOC but she is such a firebrand and got so much press and then Madison Cawthorn gets elected and it's kind of like a footnote even though he's younger and has a disability and has that perspective to bring so I think it's worth acknowledging some of these things and just realizing that like we are such a huge voting block and can really make these changes, like you said. And it doesn't have to be like the, I think, especially for people that are my age that really, you know, we were so young when 9-11 happened, like, and even your age too, Shay, like we're used to the world being terrible. Like I talk to my parents about this a lot where I'm like, I have friends that like know their whole lives that they're never going to be able to own a house because they're going to have so much student debt and the jobs that they have will never allow them to have that. And part of that, I think, is a little bit of a fixed mindset, which my parents always challenge me on of like, you know, there's a lot of a lot of different things. And in the 70s and 80s, you had the gas crisis, you had huge inflation that we're not dealing with now. So every generation has their thing that they're dealing with. But I think millennials in particular, which we've talked about in the past, have this kind of defeatist attitude. And I think Gen Z has even taken it to a whole nother level. If you watch some of the comedy and things on TikTok and Instagram that they're posting, they're just like, oh, we know that the world's going to end in our lifetime. And I'm just choosing in 2021 to focus on the positive and the things that I can control. And the things that I can control is not stopping people from getting on a bus and going to D.C. as much as I don't want that to happen. It's voting. It's talking about the things that I think matter. It's using my voice. It's celebrating the wins, putting positive energy out there. I really think that helps, you know? And I also just want to say, because I was like, I didn't follow the Madison Cawthorn race. And I was like, why is this, is he flagged out of my head, not as a good thing, but as a bad thing? Um, he did have a little He's bit right of a wing for sure. road. There's some, he has some questionable morals. Um, so I, by pointing out that we are excited that a millennial is, uh, 
Yeah, know, I wasn't commenting on his politics. I was not, just saying. It, well, exactly. But I just wanted to be really clear about that. We are not saying that we support his politics. Yeah, it's a good call. Um, but we are saying that, you know, it is exciting that there is now space for younger people in the House and the Senate and in other places. I mean, we've got uh, Mayor Pete taking a big role. You know, there's a lot of exciting, exciting yeah. things happening and I'd with rather, this new administration. I'd rather, because there's so many questionable people, I'd rather have a fresh young perspective than someone who's corrupt and has been in politics for 45 years. You know what I mean? It's like if we're picking and choosing our questionable, our questionable politicians. Thing. Yeah, like there's nothing. Even John Ossoff and Warnock, who I also like and respect and probably would have voted for if I was in Georgia, like they also have questionable things in their background. Like there's no 100% right answer, but well, good to yeah, call it out. I think it's good to call it out. Um, that's it. That's especially all I had. when you're talking about a young white man and it was sexual misconduct. That's that makes me a little anxious. But anyway, just wanted to say that does not mean we are supporting his politics. We're just pointing out the excitement of having millennials in in representing, finally representing this large um, yeah constituency. That's all cool. I had. Any last thoughts, Shay, as we go into 2021? No. I'm just excited to, you know, still be doing this podcast. I can't believe we will, uh, you know, I think hit our 200th episode this year. I and know, it's, crazy. it's our fourth year of recording. Um, we are just excited to be here. And, you know, it's so funny because I every so often I'll be like, are people even listening? I need to look at the numbers, like what's going on. And then I always, it seems like get a text or a call from somebody who has, has been listening and, and wants to share their thoughts on something we've talked about. So I just uh, want our listeners to know how much I appreciate them. And Maddie appreciates you too. Yes. And we are taking guests. So email us, DM us if you have any ideas or if you want to be on yourself, or if you have any Mm -hmm. hot takes on anything we've said and want to come on and share your hot takes. Yeah, we love a good debate. We love a good debate. Um, I feel like we need to end with an exciting segment of some kind. So whose podcast co-hosting energy do you envy? Like if we could be any two co-hosts, oh, who do you look for inspiration? Oh, gosh. It's so funny because co-hosts that I really like that like get together like – get on really well. I'm like, is that really our vibe? I don't know. Cause it, immediately I was going to say Cheryl Strayed and Steve Almond. Oh, they yeah. are amazing. Um, you know, I kind of love the, my favorite murder girls, Karen and yeah. Georgia, just because they're so mindful about their relationship. Like they go to like business therapy together. Oh and my God. <laughs> I love yeah, that. There's just a lot of things that I think, um, you know, people ignore when they're doing a project or starting a business with a friend and they really work hard on their relationship. And I really admire that. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I've, I don't feel like I've ever listened to a podcast where I'm like, those hosts have terrible chemistry. So I feel like most podcasts I've listened to, I've been able to be like, Oh yeah, I, 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 I dig them for that reason. Yeah. Great. I like them too. I like my favorite murder. I like the guys we fuck girls. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. would be my two faves. Oh. Okay. Um, 
what would you look forward to? This is interesting because you were talking about having more disposable income at the top of this episode. What would you want the most if you won the lottery? Oh, well, the first two things I don't think, first three things I don't think are appropriate to talk about on this podcast. So I will skip those, but, um, I'm like such a nerd. I'm like, I would put it in a savings account and make a donation to charity and, then I'd probably buy a new house. Yes. And I'd buy David a new truck. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I would also probably get a bigger apartment and pay off my mortgage and stuff. I feel like those are the types that, like, I would just pay off my debt and, like, get to a nice zero, you know, mm-hmm. net zero place. I like it. We are nerds, though, Maddie. True nerds here. It's true. I'm like, oh, this is an interesting one. Okay. Um, are the differences that separate men and women increasing or decreasing? This isn't really a get-to-know-you question. It's more, like, philosophical. Um, I would say... I would say... Decreasing? But maybe I'm optimistic. But also there were some things that happened during that riot at the Capitol that make me very anxious. I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking Gilead in here. Oh, my God. There's um, a lot of women there, though, lest we forget. It's true. So many women. Um, here's one that we were also just discussing. What do you miss most about being single? You answer that, and then I'll answer what I miss most about being in a relationship, <laughs> I oh, guess, okay. to make it even. Well, do you have an answer to the men and women one? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um... I also think I also think it's decreasing. It, I think it really that question depends on what time scale, right? Because I think if you're looking at the grand scheme of human civilization, like men and women have never had anywhere close to the same opportunities and the same way of being in the world mm-hmm. than now. But um, I do think in the last like couple of years like the I think the spheres of like how men and women talk to each other what media they consume obviously these are generalizations like I think in the past couple years compared to the the last like 10 years it's gotten a little separate I think a lot of that is like the feminist marketing and like different things that you know women like ourselves consume men are just not getting those same messages in the same way. Um, But I think on the overall, I'm also optimistic and I think it's decreasing. Um, I like it. Cool. So what do you miss about, what do you miss the most about being single or living by yourself? Looking across the street, there's a blinking light in the neighbor's yard. I'm like, who are you signaling to? What's happening? Anyway. (laughs) Strength. Let's continue. Um, I, you know, I feel like this is a really hard question because my, I feel like my answer is also tainted by it being like pandemic times. Yeah. Um, That's okay. And just always having like the same people around no matter how much I love them. Um, but I think it's taken me a long time and it's something I'm still figuring out and for myself and in my relationship is um, – it's it's hard to feel like I have to answer to f- someone else for my time. Like, yeah. you know, 
I'm just not used to like, oh, if I'm coming like back when, let's say if I were going to like a meeting or something in Portland, you know, I'm, I, it's still like hard for me to be like, oh, can I just like, do I need to ask if I want to like go do something else or like just being accountable to someone else? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm still, I'm still really working on that. And of course, when David listens to this, he's going to be like, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. Well, it's not oh, the point. Yeah. Of course, David will let you do whatever like, you want. Yeah, but it's also just like politeness, right? Like if I – you wouldn't have like – you wouldn't plan to like eat dinner with your roommate and then be like, no, I'm going, you right. know, to do something else. But it's like when it's your partner, you make those plans like every day. Yeah, so it's, it's like, the mental energy. Yeah. So anyway, so – and I'm also a planner and various yeah. other things. So I've been feeling that for sure in the past week since I've been by myself just like – it's not like I'm doing anything that different from what I was doing in a relationship, but I'm like, oh, just the mental energy of being like, it's like the mental energy has been shifted to like physical energy. Cause before it would be like, who's going to the grocery store, who's doing this and this and this. And now I'm just like, well, automatic answer is that I'm doing it. So yeah, you know what I mean? The planning is just that much simpler, but I mean, what do I miss about being in a relationship? I think I'm so close to it it's kind of the flip side of that it's like you were talking about Shay wanting or missing kind of that spontaneity or being able to like adjust things on the fly I miss having someone to depend on so Mm -hmm. like having to do all the stuff around the house or being like I'm having a shitty day I don't want to cook dinner I don't want to do anything but like things have to get done so like you do it like just not having to be on all the time Mm -hmm. I miss that um this well, is, I think. Oh, go ahead. I think this is probably a good place to stop, unless that's an excellent question. Well, this is a more of like a twofer, so this, okay. this should be an easy one. It's like a binary. Okay. Is All it right. more important for communication to be authentic or kind? Interesting for a podcast question. Kind. Kind. I'll say authentic. This is why we work well together, Shay. You're yeah. the yin to my yang. I just I don't feel the need to. <sighs> I mean, authentic, I feel like is a, is a weird word to use in this, in this, um, I don't know, binomial. No, that's not the right word. Dichotomy. Um, but because I, like there's a way to be authentic and kind. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people who are like, well, I'm being authentic because I'm authentic. It's okay that I just told you you're an ugly bitch. And I'm like, well, no, you know? So it's that whole, like, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Right. And it's like, if it's, if it's really coming from a real place, and there's a sense of truth in it, then it's not really unkind. I think it's Mm -hmm. like, like, your example, that's, like, overly cruel, but it's not even like authentic to what that person was trying to say, really, Mm -hmm. because why would you say that to someone unless it's not really about their looks, right? It's like, there's more under underneath the surface, and you're just Mm -hmm. using the the words and the facade to make someone feel bad because Mm -hmm. they've hurt you in some way or you have your own unresolved trauma. So to me, that's those unkind words aren't even authentically what that person believes, you know? I think you can always be authentic and kind. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. And I think too, it's like, if you're saying like, is it better to be kind or honest? Like if somebody comes to you and they're like, you know, oh, I just bought my wedding dress and I can't wait to show you. And then they show you a picture of it and it looks like disgusting. Yeah. 
Like, you're not going to say, I think it would be inappropriate to be like, oh, my God, that looks terrible on you. I mean, like, they've yeah. already bought it. Right. Like, the answer is. Or you, oh, you do the gosh. follow up. You don't say anything and you just say, how do you feel in that dress? And if the person exactly. says, I feel great, it's my favorite dress, then it's like, if you're really a caring friend, it doesn't matter how it looks because they feel great in it. And it's always like, you know, it's like the ugly baby phenomenon. Like if someone has an ugly baby, there's always something else cute about that baby. Yeah, like that's true. You know, you can be like, he has great toes or like, what yeah, a you charming can always smile. Find, you can always find, that's kind of what we were talking about before. Like I could dwell on all the past terrible things that have happened in this election season and in the past week and like everyone's terrible motives and whatever. Or I could choose to be like, hey, here's some things that we can celebrate and here's some things that we have control over. Mm-hmm. While we continue to do the work that needs to be done. Yeah. All right, campers. Happy New Year. We're glad to be back. Yes. We want to hear from you. Yes. Yay. All right. Bye. Bye, campers. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield. And this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com and you can visit us at campadulthood.com thanks campers we hope that you enjoy your stay at camp